sometimes God works with us all in a lot of different ways. And uh, tonight, he just led to share in a different way. And the way he speaks to me is different, like it is to everyone else. Um, anyone who really knows me knows I love birds. I love to work in my yard. That's my happy place. And some friends gave me two bird feeders for Christmas, and not long after that, they broke. And so then I bought two more bird feeders, and not long after that, they broke. And then I tried some that I had hidden in the garage, and they broke this week. So I'm going, you know, a little slow on the uptake. Um, are you trying to tell me something, you know? <laughs> and he's like, this Monday, I want you to feed them in a different way. I want you to feed them in a different way. I want us to release it differently. So I don't know what that looks like. So what I would like to do is I want to invite you to sit on the back porch with me. And uh, as I was praying for our gathering tonight and praying for you, he began if you will, dictating, sharing. So I, I just want to invite you on the back porch for a moment. And uh, this is what the Holy Spirit began speaking about tonight. I am. I am the Spirit of God. I flow like the wind. Only my loving faithfulness is constant. My ways are vast and endless. No human knows the fullness of my ways, and no human knows the endless expressions of love from me that I give them every moment. The heart of the Father is perfectly seen in the heart of the Son, and the heart of the Son is my heart. Do you see? There is no difference between the three of us, there is no lesser between us. We joyfully submitted to express ourselves this way so humans may, by me, the Holy Spirit, know us. It is similar to looking at the moon and then man believing he understands the endless, ever-expanding solar systems and universes just by looking at the moon. That would be absurd and quietly prideful, really. Both block the heights, the depths, the breadths, the lengths of awe and wonder. So it is with the human who says, I know the Father, I know the Son, I know the Holy Spirit, and they've quietly settled with knowledge that has become finite and well understood and well explained by their mind. Oh, how we love all mankind. But oh, how legalism is everywhere. There is a I know. And legalism is everywhere. There's an offense. Both rise like Goliaths of the spirit. To build false confidence that they think they know us. I am praying that the teaching on Monday night would be the sling in my hand of the Holy Spirit. 
and that the next step in the revelation of love would be his smooth stone, and that on Monday night they would receive their Goliaths falling within, and they would let love himself do the battle for them. Jesus is the way. He's the truth and the life. Jesus is the light. He's the shepherd, the savior, the healer, the deliverer, the soon-coming Messiah, the reigning one who sits at the right hand of the Most High. So how and who can we find to bring his reality to earth, really? Know that the Father and Son and Holy Spirit is the only real reality of anything. They are the only true ones who are not temporary or fluctuating. I want to invite them to a new understanding of who we are and who they are. And then he brought back to my heart a story. It's in a book called Small Miracles of the Holocaust. And it happened in 1945. Some Jews had been rescued from a concentration camp, and they were in a displaced persons refugee camp. They had freedom to come and go. They had a little bit of money. There was a woman that was pregnant, and she was having great discomfort, and the doctor in the camp said, if we could just find this particular med, this would help her. And so the husband decided to leave the camp. And he went to the pharmacy and uh, in the pharmacy in Berlin. And he was trying to ask, and the pharmacist became frustrated for the language barrier. And he said, just go look in the back, go look in the back. And so the husband was just going desperately, looking and looking, just wanting one thing that would help his wife. And they had been through so much, he just wanted to alleviate a little bit of pain for his beloved. And he's looking and he's looking, and he reaches up on a top shelf, and his hand hits something. And he pulls it off, and he realizes it's a bar of soap. And written on it is Jew soap. And he saw stacks and stacks of them. And if you don't know, they would often, after the Jews were dead, they would boil them and et cetera and use the fat from the Jews' bodies to make their own soap for Nazi soldiers. He writes in the story that he was trembling, and he, he just counted up how many bars were there and went running back to the camp and told the story, and everybody was just trying and trying and trying to come up with enough pennies to buy every bar of soap, and they did, and, and he brought them back, and he went to the rabbis and said, what do we do? And the rabbi said, all their 
Recent years, they've been in columns. They were in columns when they were separated and put on trains. They were in columns in the concentration camps. And columns before they died, they were in columns. So spread the bars out in columns. And they laid all the bars out on the ground. And everyone in the camp came. And they had a full-on Jewish funeral. And they spoke over them blessings. We do not know who you are. We don't know what you did. And we don't know where your family is. But we honor you as our brothers and sisters. And we honor that even within this bar of soap, a light, a little residue of the light of your DNA is still in the earth. And they bless them. I sat there, and I've known that story for a long time. He brought it back. But this time he said, prophetic message. Their enemies were washed by the fatness of God's chosen people. Do you get the, the enemies were cleansed. They were washed by the fatness of God's chosen people. Not just in the natural, but the spirit. And then the Holy Spirit said, Susan, I want the people on Monday night to have a new honor for themselves and for one another. Before you came to this earth, Father, the Most High God, reached inside of himself, pulled out a part of his DNA and put it inside your spirit. Dear ones, please don't ever lose the awe of who you are. You have a gift inside of you that no man, woman, or child in the history of the earth's ever had. None of us have the exact same God-given DNA that makes you holy. And what happens is then we're brought into this earth and the journey that we do in the natural with our families, with our friends, with just the passage of times, tragedies, joys, celebrations, traumas, illnesses, healings, Whatever, whatever has come across the purview of your life has been there to either try to cover up that DNA or to release it. And the Holy Spirit wants you to know when legalism whispers to make you compare yourself to anyone else or to feel less than, 
or to feel like this is what. Don't listen. Just don't listen. You're not meant to be like anyone else. The Father is not that limited. His love and the love of Jesus and the love of the Holy Spirit has endless expressions. And he wants to express it to you in a way that no one else has even heard him before. We all hear his voice differently. We read scripture differently. We pray differently. It is because the entire journey is simply relational. And I know for some of you this sounds so basic, but the Holy Spirit has said between now and the fall feast, redo the foundations. Go back and redo the foundations so any little hidden residue of legalism may be loosed. You have a gift inside of you that no one else has ever had. And they never will. And our journey is letting the Savior, Healer, Redeemer get everything off that has tried to cover it, clutter it, distort it, bind it, and let it, by the power of Christ, come alive in us. As I was sitting there on the back porch on another afternoon, he said, tell them again that we have laid down everything for them. That the Father laid down his own heart to release his son to come to earth and to know such pain. That the son laid down his godness and his life. And that the spirit laid down his bodily form to become a spirit so he could enter us. You are hidden inside of Christ, an image. You know Colossians 3.3, we are hidden in Christ, hidden in the Greek like skin over bone and bark over a tree. And so this is truth. You are hidden inside Christ before the throne. So when the Father sees you and when all of the angels and all of heaven sees you, they just see you as the righteousness of Christ, pure and holy. But we do live on earth. And so the Holy Spirit is in you to uncover, to reveal, to bring forth, to exacerbate the character, the personhood, and the power of Christ in you. So when others see you, they see who Jesus really is in your character. They see and experience Christ when they're in conversation with you or when you love them in your unique way and they come face to face with Christ 
and the anointed one. Jesus said this, John 16, verse 12, I still have so many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. He will declare to you even the things that are to come. That's his prophetic role. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. For all that the Father has is mine. And I said, he will take what is mine and give it to you. There is hidden between those lines a reckoning back to Genesis 1, when the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Elohim, plural for God, said, let us make man, woman in our own image. And the picture in the Hebrew is that the Father is here, and the Son is here, and the Holy Spirit is here, and they're saying, let's make man and woman in our image, that they may rise and we may grace them to be in the circle with us. And let's invite them to take dominion over this earth and multiply and bless in all good ways. And that was the dream. And when Jesus came, he came to restore that dream. And least legalism do a chatter in somebody's brain, I am never saying we are worthy to stand in the circle with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. God forbid. We are not. But it is by the blood and the righteousness. The Father set his love on us, not because we're all that, but because he is perfect love. And Jesus Christ has extended salvation to say, by my blood, I see you as righteous now. I see you as pure. Come, stand beside me. And because we have this lag in us between what the word says and what the invitation is and what their heart has said to us and what their awe and wonder is over the DNA in you, our soul gets all caught up in doubts and legalism. And the Holy Spirit said, I am here to knit your soul back together from all the rips and the tears and the lies and the dependence upon yourself. I'm, I'm here to heal your soul and I'm here to make the bridge between your soul and spirit so that you can be one inside and that there won't be such a gap between the revelation of who you are and who you feel you are when you're driving in traffic, when you're sitting at dinner with your husband, when you're with your children, but at all times, you will feel an awe about you. An awe about you. That he's trusted you with something inside that no one else has. 
and legalism says you should focus, you should pray, you should fast, you should do this, you should work it out. What is it? What's your calling? Da 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 da. Where's you out? Just trying to sound like legalism. And the Holy Spirit says, No, I'm the Spirit of Truth. If you can swing wide the gate, I'll come tell you. May I do it for you? May I serve you? Sometimes we need a fresh reminder because we've heard these things so many times. Are you in awe of who you are? Are you in awe that everything you've been through in life, you're still standing? That you're still loving him? Are you in awe that your marriage is still together? Are you in awe that there's something in you that's not in anyone else? Is there an awe in you that is so big, there's no way shame or insecurity has a foothold. Performance is irrelevant when you're in awe of, really? The Most High God took a part of himself and put it in me? Me? How great is this kindness? It's, it's like holding this little light inside of you. It's like, oh my goodness, there's not another one like this in the whole wide world, never has been. I, I, my light's a little different. How do I fan the flame of just being who God made me to be? And it's the awe that the Father has said, and the Son has said, and the Holy Spirit has said, in our image be. And so we're still babies, really, at Revelation. And so sometimes we think just a slow improvement of our personality is pretty cool. But Jesus died on the cross, and the Holy Spirit's inside of us to make us a new creation. To where there is nothing in us that shows the wounds and the dents and the bruises of this world. Nothing left but the wisdom and the residue of his goodness and his faithfulness and a strength in us beyond description. And that is not legalism of step it, suck it up, and deny your pain. No, you weep. You weep through it. You cry through it. You be authentic with God with frustration and with questions or whatever is authentic. Be authentic. Don't stuff what the real stuff is in you. Because if you do, then you never get free and you never get to awe. You never get to true, consistent awe and wonder if you stuff the journey. You just get baby steps better, you feel a little better, a little better, 
but as far as feeling made new inside 100%, a new way of thinking, a new way of loving, a new way of freedom, only the Holy Spirit can do that. I want to take a little diversion for just a few moments because I, I want to give you a little awe and wonder. There are many words for power. We often say the power of the Holy Spirit. I just want to give you a glimpse of how much he loves you. How much he knows us in our humanity and how the Holy Spirit is saying, can I serve you here? Can I serve you here? Can I serve you here? Please, please, can I serve you and set you free in the places that you even think you're already free? But you're really not. So these are some of the powers that he longs for us to receive. The next one. Dunamis. That's the word you hear most often. It's like the overarching. Dunamis means that you are clothed in power. In Acts 1.8 when Jesus said, go, the power of the Holy Spirit will come upon you. He was talking about dunamis. In John 15 when he says, you can do nothing without my dunamis, my power. Dunamis is the word that means I've just dressed in power. I'm clothed in it. So it doesn't matter if I'm in Walmart, if I'm teaching, if I'm doing conflict resolution, if I'm at the grocery store, if you're talking to a friend, you are always clothed in power. It is non-negotiable. It is a reality. It is there 24-7. It's just us tapping in. And I'm not talking about legalism where thinking you've got to pray all the time. Give me the power. Give me the power. Give me the power. No, it's a reality. You are dressed in power. Your mind, your heart, your will, your emotions, you are dressed in the power of love himself at all times. Exousia. This is a power that I need so much because exousia allows me, do you see the steps? It gives me the authority. It reminds me, I am a child of God. I have the authority. I'm a sheep. I have the authority to know his voice. Exousia rises up in me, gives me the power to hear his voice. The power to know, yep, that's his voice. The power to know this is what he's saying. And the power to do it. Because he knows we're human. And so sometimes we get confused. Did I hear it? Did I do it? Procrastinated. He's going, I have a power for that. I have a power for that. The next one. Iscus. It is the power to perceive, penetrate, persevere, and overcome opposition. It is the power to hold on. It is the power to peacefully wait. 
This is the power Jesus talked about in Luke 10, 19, when he says, I'm going to give you all power over all the enemy. When Paul said, I have the power to do all things in Christ, this was it. Have you ever had God put something on your heart, and then you feel like you're running into obstacles? Or he put something on your heart, and you thought, I thought it was going to happen now, but it hasn't, and you're waiting, and you're waiting, and, and you feel like, I don't know. Is it warfare? Is it something inside of me? Have I gotten confused? Is it not timing? Whatever all those authentic thoughts and moments are, you have in you a specific word that was given by the Holy Spirit that you have the power. Say, Holy Spirit, give me the power to perceive. Is this warfare? Is it not? Is the opposition my own legalism? And give me the power to peacefully wait. I love this one. Megalotes. It's the power of God to lift huge loads. It's the power that just lifts sin off of you. It's the power that lifts you out of a pit. It's the power that lifts you and puts you in heavenly places. Luke 9, 43, they said they marveled at all the power he did. And it, they said, we marvel at all the heavy loads he just lifts off of people. No matter what the heavy load is, we're just amazed. He lifts them, he lifts them, he lifts them. Energia. I love this one. Paul talks about it in Colossians 1.29. He talks about it in Philippians 2.13. And he says, this is the power of the Holy Spirit working in me to keep me going, to energize me. It is also the word used for divine health and divine healing. It is a life being me. Even in those moments when you, if I'm tired, or this, life be, there is a power, specific power in the New Testament that is there to speak to your physical body, to life be, be energized. Ditto my. Ditto my actually means to give, and the gift is connected to the giver, the character of the giver. So didomai is a power that is also used of the enemy. When the enemy gives us thoughts, gives us gifts that are consistent with his character. So didomai is a supernatural power to give, and it's defined by character. So for us, didomai, when it is a gift of God himself, means God gives us the power and the authority to love as he loves. That one undoes me. I have in me the power to love you the same way the Father loves you. And though I cry out, I know I fall short of loving you the way the Father loves you. I want that power in me. Kratos, it manifests. 
It is the ultimate dominion and victory in the earth. It's those scriptures in Jude, it's those scriptures in Revelation 5.13 that to Jesus Christ, to God be the dominion, the authority forever and ever. Amen. Ark, it's creating something out of nothing. <laughs> something out of nothing. It's like taking me a nothing. I had nothing to bring to the table. I had nothing to bring to the table. I am not one who believes that you've, you've got this intellect and you've got this. No, if you have any gifts, it's because God gave them to you. I had nothing to bring to the table. And by his mercy, he began saving and healing and delivering and revealing and changing my personality, trying to create in me a new creation, a Susan that had never been before, and a Susan that by the world standards should have never been. A personality that shows no marks of whatever, whatever, whatever was on my journey. That the only residue would be compassion and wisdom from those times on the journey with him. That's a new creation. We don't forget our past. It is just completely harvested for the goodness of the Most High God and for the love of others and to pour our lives out for others. Is any of this making any sense to anybody? You see, it's very simple. And I'm not going to list legalism believes this, this, and this. I'll let the Holy Spirit do that, or, or wounds are this. You are a mature group of people. My assignment tonight was to just sow the foundations again and say, dear ones, are you in awe of who you are? Does it just undo you that the Most High God put something in you that no one else has? And that the Holy Spirit knows the price the Father and the Son paid, and he just wants to say, may I pretty please... May I pretty please be the two-edged sword that divides between your soul and your spirit. Can I show you the things in your soul that need to be healed? Can I show you the places you're still hanging on and legalism is still taking the joy out of your walk or hindering you? May I pretty please show it to you? And may I pretty please be more real to you so that in every moment of life you know you have a power for that. That it doesn't matter if you're trying to balance your checkbook and you get confused or the computer goes down and you don't know what's up or it's relational. It does not matter what the real life situation is. Do you see? You have God's DNA in you. And the very moment you accepted Christ, the Spirit came in to give you every power you need 
for every thought, every emotion, every situation, every relationship to slowly mold us into being a new creation and to so make his love and his wisdom incarnate in us that bit by bit we look uh, more like him. And we still are human, and when we have those authentic moments, we're honest with the struggle. He dwells in truth. I want to tell you how beautiful some of you are. We had, um, I received an email today and um, we had a designated fund for a particular need in, in Pakistan and designated funds have been coming in bit by bit and I was waiting for those designated funds to hit a certain amount and we got the last contribution today that we needed and no one knew we needed it. We've just been quietly praying. You'll hear about it in the next newsletter. But there was a family, and um, they had medical bills. They could not pay them in a very rural village in Pakistan. They had no choice. They went to the Muslim landlord over the area. They borrowed the money to get the medical procedure for one of their children. They would work off the debt, sign the contract, and then it was increased so much that it was going to be their life and their children's lifetime. They would never come out from under slavery of that Muslim landlord. I've mentioned them at times in our newsletter. This particular family, um, the father, about four months ago, was beaten by the Muslim landlord had brain damage. He's just lying on the house, but now the mother and the daughters, teenage and younger, uh, do all the work. Um, frequently beaten. And I'm gonna talk in code here for a few moments. And almost daily, the wife and the daughters, the girls, were personally um, invaded, assaulted. Everybody okay with that? You know what I'm trying to say with the kids in the room? And so we've been praying and praying for the funds to come in because it was only a matter of about another year that one of them would have been put in sex trafficking. Another two years, another one would have. And so daily, these are our sisters, this is our brother. And so without anyone knowing it. Some of you here even made designated offerings over the last couple of months. Today, the final gift came in to set that family free. But what I want you to hear is, do you see how beautiful you are? Out of your prayers, or out of your love gifts, you just rescued the future of all those daughters. You rescued a sister that was being 
assaulted daily. You rescued the father who was aware enough to know what was going on, but he could not do a thing, can't even get up out of bed. Can you imagine the gift you have given? Can you imagine the God-given DNA in those girls that you rescued? And can you imagine how grateful heaven is for you and the high esteem heaven has for your DNA? that you helped people get free you don't even know. Who are you? Do you see what I mean? Who, who are you really? Are you in awe of the man and the woman God has made you to be? Give him all praise, but be in awe that everything you've been through, you're still clinging to him, you're still searching, you're still loving, you're still open. Be in awe. Is any of this making sense to anybody? Dear ones, Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit are looking at you and, and saying in our eyes, you're pure, you're holy and righteous. Come on. Let the Holy Spirit work in your soul so you feel it. And let the Holy Spirit just continue to saturate the way you think and you feel until you just in such awe of the, yourself and the journey you've made with Jesus, because when you gain awe of your own journey, you look at everyone else different, and you have awe over their journey, too. And then we all come in the circle, and we all are there, if you will, with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit wanting to release his love to anyone who crosses our path, and we we want whatever he put in us to come out beautifully. If I were transparent, I would tell you I feel like I released like 1% of what's been in my heart all week. So I apologize that this vessel needs a lot of help. <laughs> but I trust somewhere inside your spirit you will awaken. And that you won't do life the way you've done it, even though you've done it beautifully and well. But you would realize there is always a higher place. And that you have something in you, the tenderness of the way you love, your faithfulness, your whatever, fill in the blank, that no one else has. And when you walk in Walmart, you bring a presence nobody else can bring. It doesn't have to be some big deal ministry. It's just the people who cross your path. and You are a key to him bringing heaven to earth. Because when you awaken and wonder to what he's put in you, you've swung wide the door for him to then grow it and let it come out of you with ease. And when we are in awe of what's in us, we see each other different because we're in awe of 
well, what's in, wonder what she carries. Your DNA is amazing. And to come back full circle. When we are in the fatness of who we are as God's chosen, even our enemies are washed by our presence. Not only our friends and our family members, and even in our prayers, People who may be perpetuating evil, they are washed by the fatness of who God is in you. So I want to now back out. <laughs> and here are some seeds. And I'm going to pray, and then I just want you to take these seeds and see what the Holy Spirit says to you during worship. Father, I know you're so infinitely patient, <laughs> and you're so kind. Uh, sometimes I wish you weren't. Sometimes I wish you would just bulldoze through me so they would get it more fully and more purely and more powerfully. But thanks for your patience with me on the journey. But Holy Spirit, I just feel like just the tiniest bit of what we've talked and prayed about came out. But I know you're big and you're alive and well in them. So I just agree with you, Holy Spirit, that as we move into worship, you will explode in them. And you will explode with such truth that all limitations will loosen and crumble in the name of Jesus. And all hindrances and lies, and it just will crumble. I ask that you'd make us feel born again tonight just because your presence is so strong. And we come with such a fresh outpouring of awe of who you are, Father and Son and Holy Spirit, and how you lay yourselves down for us and how you lift us up and you have made us in your image. And, oh, Spirit of God, thank you for bringing that forth into a greater fullness than we've ever seen or dreamed. So I just want to say thank you. And thank you for what you're about to do during this time of worship. In the name of Jesus, amen.